0: Welcome to Central Church. We are so glad that you can worship with us. You can get more of that tonight at seven, 6 o'clock. Getting my time is confused. 6 o'clock, come back for the, for the Central at Christmas. That's going to be great. And use these cards to invite people to Christmas Eve services. We're actually having two. One on Christmas Eve Eve and one on Christmas Eve christmas eve eve the day before christmas eve it's at seven o'clock christmas eve it's at five o'clock i invited my friend at the donut shop this morning to it and i also invited the lady at mcdonald's drive through her name is ebony she wrote it all down she's planning on coming so you invite your friends all right we are in a sermon series called called christmas playlist where we're using hymns familiar hymns to kind of kick off the sermon and get us into it a little bit. And so we started the first Sunday of Advent with um, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Really, that was a look at the prophetic uh, callings that a Messiah is coming. Last week, Pastor Tyler preached a great sermon, uh, kicking off from Mary, Did You Know? And he was focused in on Luke chapter 1, the Magnificat, or Mary's song, And the idea was that even in our waiting, God is present and God is with us as we wait and wait through this Advent season. And today, as you heard, we sang earlier, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That's our song for the day. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That song was written in 1739 by Charles Wesley, our theological forebear. We've been singing it ever since. But don't tell old Charlie, the Bible doesn't say that the angels sang. You realize that, right? It says they said, Doesn't maybe they sang, maybe they burst forth in song. Of course, he's referring to Luke chapter 2 when the, when the Bible says suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, not singing, but maybe they sang it, glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You can't go through the Christmas story without running across angels and story at the beginning, in the middle, at the end. There's a lot of angels in the story. If you were to flip the page of, of Luke 2 and go to Luke chapter 1, you would see the beginning story. Pastor Tyler touched on it last week when an angel appeared to Zechariah. Zechariah, well, there's a lot of Zechariah's in the Bible. Zechariah means Yahweh hears. And, and there are actually 32 different Zacharias mentioned in the Old Testament. That's a lot of Zacharias. But this Zachariah is married to a lady named Elizabeth. We're told that they are upright and righteous. We're also told that they were very old. Pastor Tyler touched on that last week. I was sitting in the second service with Carla um, uh, because, of course, I wasn't preaching. Tyler was preaching. And so I was sitting back with Carla and, and, and Pastor Tyler said something about Zachariah being very old. And she leaned over to me and said, he probably thinks they're 40. <laughs> and it reminded me when we went to Bad Ax, we were 26 there was this old couple that had four kids and we thought they were very very old because uh, we were 26 had no kids they were old they had four kids they were 34. And so it's like well I guess it's all in the eyes of the looker. So I don't know how old Zechariah and Elizabeth were. The Bible says God's holy word says you're old then you my friend are probably getting up there in age they're old we also know that Zechariah was a priest and he had this once in a lifetime opportunity he only would do it one time where he would be the official priest to go into the temple to to put the incense on the heated altar and which would represent the prayers of the people it was a big deal for Zechariah a once in a lifetime opportunity big big deal and so he goes in ready to, to do the, the, this, this official duty. The only time he'll ever have an opportunity to do it. And he goes into the, the temple and he puts the incense down. And that's when he encounters the angel in Luke chapter 1. Verse 11, it says this, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, And standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John, and he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, our God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Wow, this is pretty awesome. And then we learn a very important lesson, and that is if an angel comes to you and speaks to you and tells you wonderful news, don't doubt what the angel is saying. Because in so many words, Zechariah says, ah, uh, Mr. Angel, excuse me. I don't know if you've seen Elizabeth. and She's no spring chicken. And, uh, you know, if, if, if we're, we just sold our baby carriage on Facebook Marketplace, we don't have that around. And if we're going to the hospital, we're going to the geriatrics ward, not the maternity ward. And if we're buying vegetable, or, or vitamins, it's, uh, it's not prenatal vitamins, it's geritol. And if we're buying diapers, it's Depends, not Pampers. I don't know what you're talking about and Zechariah didn't take too kindly to that, or <laughs> Gabriel didn't, for in verse 19 it says, I am Gabriel. Only two places are angels named here, Gabriel and then Michael in the Bible. There's other angels mentioned, but there are only two that are named. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news, and now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Yikes. Angels mean business. That's angel number one. Gabriel then goes in later in chapter one and meets up with Mary. Greetings, he says to her in verse 28. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary, like Zachariah, is startled by this news. But he says, Gabriel says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, says Mary? He doesn't, Gabriel doesn't shut her up. How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, 40. And she is said to be unable to conceive as in her sixth month. This is wonderful from the angel. No word from God will ever fail. And how true that is. So angel number two. Gabriel goes to Zechariah. Gabriel goes to Mary. If you were to flip over to Matthew chapter one, we see that Joseph has some encounters with some angels as well. Joseph is never quoted in the Bible. You will never see a quote, Joseph said, blah, blah, blah. Never quoted, but we do have a peek into his dream life and it's in Matthew chapter one. The Bible says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. We don't know what that angel's name is. Maybe it was Gabriel, maybe not. Angel number one in a dream. If you look in chapter 2 and verse 11, after the Baby Jesus was born after the Magi came and gave their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. After all of that, this is what happens. When they had gone, when those Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, take this child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Get up, go to Egypt. Then if you flip down, that's angel second encounter number two. Number three is in verse 19. Then Herod died, and angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph and Joseph in egypt and said get up take the child with his mother and go to the land of israel for those who are trying to take the child's death are dead so he does that but then just a verse later verse 22 angel dream number four but then he heard that achilles was reigning in judea in the place of his father herod and he was afraid to go there having been warned in a dream doesn't say an angel but who's doing all the warning it's an angel having been warned in a dream he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in the town called Nazareth. Four dreams Joseph had. Dream number one, hey Joe. Uh, Mary, your fiance, is expecting you're not the daddy, you're not going to be the, the biological father, but you're going to be the earthly father. Dream number two, hey Joe, you better skedaddle to Egypt. They're trying to kill this baby. Dream three, hey Joe, all's clear. Go on back to Israel. Hey Joe, wait a minute. Nazareth is nice this time of year. Why don't you go there? Four dreams, four encounters, four angels. Of course, of course, of course, in the middle of all this is the angels appearing to, to the shepherds in Bethlehem when they, they come with and announcing that that great news in, in Luke chapter 2. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. This will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Seven different angel encounters throughout this story. You know, I've preached, I've been pastoring for 31 years now. So if... If I preach four or five uh, Christmas messages a year for the past 31 years, that's anywhere from 120, 150 or so Christmas messages that I've preached. I've preached on all the usual subjects, you know, Mary and Joseph and shepherds and wise men and and Herod and Zechariah. I've never, ever, ever, 31 years, never preached a sermon on the angels. Until right now, hark the herald angels sing. I don't know why that is you know we put an angel at the top of our tree i've been driving by and see some folks have angels you know in their front yards light it all up uh um we we talk about angels there's angels uh in the movies right in the wonderful life it's clarence not gabriel not michael clarence every time a bell rings angel gets his wings i don't think that's biblical um you know angels in the outfield i used to love that movie my boys love that movie you know al was angel there. What was uh, Michael Landon? Touched by an angel, right, on TV. And then Charlie's angels. No, I don't think those count. <laughs> I've never preached a whole sermon. I've touched on of course, you know, in the story. I've touched on Gabriel. I've touched on the angels. But never a whole sermon. What do we know about angels? Well, we know they're real, right? They're in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. They're real. They're authentic, it's not a figment of someone's imagination we we know that they're a messenger that's what angels means it means messenger usually usually almost always that's a divine messenger heavenly in the christmas story you know it's it they're presenting a a message that no human could tell you're not going to go to mary and joseph or Zechariah and say listen Biology is being uh, thrown out the window here, the, everything you know about an enemy is not going to work here. this is a virgin. That, that only an angel, only a heavenly being, could tell that story. No human could tell that story. And so they're, they're, they're messengers. Paul indicates that there are to, to put it very simple, that there are good angels and bad angels. There's 300 references in their Bible to angels. There are 80 references to demons. And Paul talks about a spiritual warfare that goes on. In fact, in, in that passage in Ephesians 6, when he talks about uh, 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 putting on our spiritual armor, remember that? You know, you need to put on your spiritual armor. Why do you need to put on your spiritual armor? Because there's a battle going on. He, he says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is, there is, there is a battle going on, and guess what? You're the battlefield, over you it's over me so you know angels are real and there's mesen- and they're messengers and they're good angels bad angels we're the battleground we you know from scripture angels are are warriors and worshipers do you remember that crazy story in numbers chapter 12 or 22 rather when when balaam is 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 going and he's riding his donkey and his donkey not him his donkey sees an angel an angel with a a sword and the angel and the donkey's like i'm not going there and he stops and three times you know balaam beats the donkey because he doesn't see the angel but the donkey does and then the donkey goes all mr ed on him and says hey what are you doing don't you see don't you see don't you see this angel in front of us you know the angel was a warrior jesus talks about the devil and his angels coming in and he also talks about how how god would send 12 legions of angels to protect him those are warriors but the bible also talks about how angels are worshipers in in the 103rd psalm the bible reads this the lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all praise the lord you his angels you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly host, for his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. They're worshipers. Probably the, the best example of, of a glimpse of heaven, the worship that takes place in heaven, is in Revelation chapter 4. When in Revelation chapter 4, the angels are, are worshiping, they're in, in heaven and they're worshiping God. And the Bible tells us that night and day, in chapter 4, night and day, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And you skip down a couple more verses and you hear them saying, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. You, You can't read through the book of Revelation without coming to angels on nearly every single page so we know this angels are real they're messengers there's some good angels bad angels there's spiritual warfare going on Uh, they're worshipers they're warriors they're worshiping and speaking of worshiping we're not to worship angels we don't worship the the created no we worship the creator it seems like that was an issue for the apostle paul in Colossians 2, he's, he's dealing with one of the, the, the groups of people started worshiping angels. And he says this in Colossians 2. In reality, however, the reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone delight in false humility, and the worship of angels disqualify you. I don't, I don't guess I know anyone who worships angels, but there's probably some people out there doing it. I mean, people worship just about anything. I think Paul's point is, you know, don't, don't, don't get fooled into worshiping the created. We worship the creator. And while I don't know people who are worshiping angels, I do know plenty of people who worship the created rather than the creator. They worship their car or their boat or their house or a person or a thing rather than the creator. That's what Paul's point was. We worship the creator. So angels are real. They're messengers. There's good, bad, spiritual warfare going on. Uh, we worship of the creator not the created and don't think don't think don't don't think of of angels like like uh a, 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 well you just never know that's what hebrews 13 tells us you never know about angels in thirteen two, it says this do not forget to show hospitality to strangers for by doing so some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it have you seen an angel i don't know maybe you have I think Jesus' point there is we need to care for strangers. We need to notice those around us. We need to be aware of our surroundings and help the helpless and be kind to the stranger because you never know. All right, we're just scratching the surface. People have wrote volumes and volumes of angels, and we don't, certainly don't have time to do all of that. So what do we do with all this angel talk? There's angels throughout the Christmas story. So what do we do with it? Well, a few quick hitters, I guess. We can't deny that there's spiritual warfare going on. You need to be aware of that. Make sure you're aware of that. There's a spiritual battle going on for you, for your family, for your heart and life. Now, I don't, I'm not one of these that think there's a demon behind every bush. And I don't think that they're, they're certainly not God Almighty. They're not omnipotent. They're not that, uh, they don't know everything. They can't be everywhere uh, um, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world so you need not be fearful perfect love chase out fear first john four eighteen says you don't need to be fearful it just be aware there's a spiritual battle going on and in this time in which we're living in which which there is so much distress and so much grief and so much pain and agony don't think for a second that our enemy is not using those things to 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 drag you into a pit there's spiritual warfare going on you need to be aware of that for sure you need to be aware of that another quick kidder is you, you don't become an angel when you die i hear that sometimes at funerals you know i've been doing a lot of funerals going to a lot of funerals and sometimes they say something you'll hear something like this well guess heaven needed another angel you don't become an angel when you die you stay a person bible never says that you become an angel when you die Uh, maybe the best example of that is remember at the Mount of Transfiguration Jesus was with Moses and Elijah right it was Moses and Elijah they were they weren't they weren't angels it was Moses if anybody in the Old Testament is going to become an angel right it's Moses and Elijah but they're not angels they're talking to Jesus they're people long since gone but they're talking to Jesus you're not going to become an angel when you die you go to heaven you Jesus came to this world to die for you that's that's why Jesus came not so that you would be turned into an angel so that you might go to heaven and don't think of the angels as i don't know cupid um you know chubby little baby flying around with little wings shooting you at valentine's to find your true love That, that that doesn't seem like that's what these angels are like they're not so what's the big point what can we learn this third sunday of advent this sunday of joy about these angels what's the big deal for us? You probably haven't seen an angel, not that you're aware of in your life. So what, how does it relate to us? Well, angels aren't Clarence. Ring, ring, ring. Angels aren't Al. Angel in this story is, the one anyway, is Gabriel. And what is Gabriel doing? He's doing God's bidding. He's pointing people to Jesus that's what they, all the angels are doing hey Zechariah, messiah's coming hey mary messiah's coming hey joe messiah's coming hey joe go to egypt protect the messiah hey joe time to come back it's all right for the messiah to be back in israel hey joe go to nazareth pointing people to jesus 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 it's all about Jesus. the one thing you'll see about the angels wherever in scripture it's it's pointing people and and doing god's bidding pointing people messengers for god's will god's work and it's all about jesus let me explain it this way. We, at our house, it's, of course, maybe it's like this at your house. It's, uh, you know, Christmas decorating season. We're about done. But, you know, Carla is, is the master decorator. And I'm, uh, you know, her, her helper. <laughs> and my job is nativity scenes. And so, I well, my job is nativity scenes until Carla comes and rearranges the nativity scenes that I set up. And we have we have several nativities in our house. We have you know a big one that's on the one bookshelf, and I set that up. And then we have, and a lot of our places where we've been on mission trips, uh, we've purchased some nativity scenes. So we've got nativities from, I don't know, uh, Germany and Swaziland, and and El Salvador and Mexico and Nazareth. We bought that one on the streets of Nazareth, and we've got a couple from Panama. And so I was setting them up. And I got to the one, we've got this one little one from Panama, and we're setting, I was setting it up, and, and, and baby Jesus is missing. It's just a little one, he's about the size of a peanut. And, but there's no baby Jesus. And so I looked all over, you know, I've got Mary, I've got Joseph, I've got the wise men, got a little, you know, I don't know, donkey. No baby Jesus i don't know where he is this isn't some little you know shenanigans we're playing we don't have grandkids oh baby jesus is gonna show up on on christmas no that's not it baby jesus is gone probably ah i hate to admit it He probably he could have got tossed away last year maybe he's at the bottom of a box someplace i don't know but he could have been tossed away you know where this is headed right angels were all about jesus Don't misplace Jesus this Christmas season. Don't overlook Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's what the angels were. They were all about Jesus in in their approach and what they were doing. Zechariah, the Messiah is coming. Mary, the Messiah is coming. Job, the Messiah is coming. Shepherds, shepherds, shepherds. Hark, the herald angels sing. Or say, sorry, Charlie. What can we learn from these angels? You know, probably... Unlike Joseph's angels. We're not going to show up in each other's dreams. I hope not. I don't want you in my dreams. <laughs> you don't want me in yours. We're not going to gain wings. No bells ringing. We're not going to become an angel. But I think we can, we can minister in a similar way to the angels. There are exactly 175 references to angels in your New Testament. And exactly 169 of those references are to heavenly beings. That means there are six references to humans. Humans that didn't—they didn't grow wings. They're not turned into an angel, but they were doing the bidding as if an angel. They were pointing people to Jesus. They were worshiping God. That's what angels' main jobs are: worship God Almighty, warrior, do God's bidding, messenger why can't we be that way I I thought about that and I thought you know down through my life there have been some some people who have been angel-like in fact at every church where I've been from my youngest days till now there have been people who have done just that who have been worshipers who pointed people to Jesus When I was in middle school, we called it junior high back then, my junior high Sunday school teacher was a guy named Norm Norton. Believe me, I was no angel in junior high, but he put up with me and was patient with me and pointed me to Jesus. When I was in high school, we had a youth pastor. Some of you will remember him because he left our church and came here, Bob Kring. And Bob Kring was my senior high youth pastor, and he Taught me about worship and pointed me to Jesus. There's been others in every single church where I've pastored. Back in, in Badax, it was Darlene Stevenson. Darlene Stevenson, who comes here, uh, her folks, Georgia and Edna Stickney, pointed me to Jesus. Taught me about Don Stroud at that church, pointed me to Jesus. When I was at Metropolitan Church in the answer, there were two sisters. They were, they were in their 60s, 70s at the time, Pauline and Georgia. They raised their grandsons Because the, their, their, their son was kind of out of the picture And so they raised these two boys And you know how it is Sometimes you just have a rotten day And you hate everyone And I remember saying this On more than one occasion I hate everybody Except Pauline and Georgia So I couldn't hate them They were just They loved Jesus And it showed and it showed and it showed It's been that way in every church It's, it's that way here And if I was really honest, I'd say, you know, a few years back, five years ago or so, I was going through a rough rough stretch, and there were some board members that came alongside me and strengthened me and helped me and had my back, angel-like. You know, pointed me to Jesus, kept me going. Maybe you have people in your life that need Jesus this Christmas season, and you want them to see Jesus in you. Maybe, maybe there's, there's places in your life, you know, what's angel like? They're worshiping, they're full of worship, and they're pointing people to Jesus. Couldn't we do that? You know, this, this, what we're going to do here in a minute, as we sing this song, this is heaven practice, because we're going to be praising Jesus in heaven. You know, we talk about uh, God's kingdom come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, and generally we think of that as social uh, reform, you know, doing the things that Jesus wants to do, feeding the hungry, taking care of the, the stranger, you know, racial reconciliation, that sort of thing. But the Bible tells us there's going to be worship in heaven. And so no pressure, Nate, but we've got to practice. We've got to practice because we're going to spend some time worshiping Jesus. And guess what? There is something about that name. And guess what? When you're going through hard times, there's a Savior that cares about you. And guess what? When we call on the name of Jesus we can count on him we can rejoice in him